Hello and welcome to the 50th episode of the iPhone Life podcast. Congratulations, Donna. We made it to 50. I know. It's been more than a year now. <laughs> wow. So I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life magazine. And I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life magazine. And each podcast, we bring you... Actually, let's talk about that. <laughs> We're changing up our format a little bit. Uh, we decided that an hour may be a long time to listen to us talk. Uh, sometimes it feels like a long time to talk. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to uh, a half hour format. So each week we will continue to bring you what we did bring you, which is the uh, latest Apple news, top tips, best gear, uh, all of that good stuff, but not necessarily all of it in each episode. So in, the, in a half an hour, we're going to kind of pick and choose what we cover each time. Sometimes we'll do a main theme, say if a new iPhone comes out, we'll cover that and skip all the news. But if there's really important Apple news, like the rumors before, then we'll cover that. So we're going to mix it up a little bit, uh, but we will be back to our ongoing schedule of every other week we do a podcast. I know that we are on a bit a of a while. hiatus, uh, and we're going to talk about that on this show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we'd love to hear from you and get some feedback on our new format, whether you like it, whether we left stuff out that you miss. Uh, so after the podcast, send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. And don't worry, Sarah's still part of the podcast. That's not mm -hmm. part of our new format, but she's not here. It just She couldn't do it this week, so it's just David and I for now. Yeah. Um, but so this week we're going to talk, we, we do have a main theme, and that is travel, because we were lucky enough to get to go to Mexico early January, and we want to tell you guys about and, it. And thus the <laughs> podcast hiatus. We, we opted to not podcast from Mexico, uh, <laughs> but we have a lot of notes on great travel apps, travel gear, tips, all that stuff. Uh, before we do, though, let's talk about our tip of the day newsletter. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, make sure you do so. It's free. Every day we send you uh, a tip, something cool that you can do with your iPhone that you didn't know that what you could do. And so go to iphonelife.com slash newsletters to subscribe. This week, our favorite tip was uh, how to search the uh, Photos app for objects. And this is something actually I didn't know you could do until this tip came out. And basically what you do is if you go into your Photos app uh, in the search bar, you with iOS 10, so you have to have iOS 10, in the search bar you can now search for a lot of different things that you didn't used to be able to. So just preparing for this podcast, we went in and we searched for hat, and it showed us pictures of us in hats. Uh, Which we, was hilarious. <laughs> we, David was wearing this like floppy hat, but yeah. I, I don't even know when that was, but it's great. We found all <laughs> kinds of photos of us wearing all kinds of ridiculous hats. So it was fun. It's actually mm -hmm. a fun thing to do. We searched for beach, we searched for tree, palm tree, and each one of these brought up pictures. I would say it's not perfect. Yeah, there like with the hat search, there would just be some random pictures of people that were clearly not wearing hats. So yeah. I don't know how that happened, mm -hmm. but it's pr still pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a really cool technology. It's fun to mess around with, and I think it also has a practical application, which is sometimes you're searching for a very particular photo that you took a while ago, mm -hmm. and you don't quite remember when it was, because you can also search by date if you want to. So you could say, show me pictures taken a year ago or taken January 1st, 2015 or something. Uh, you can search by location as well, but sometimes you don't quite remember any of that stuff, and yeah. so this is a good tip for trying to find that particular photo that you took a while ago that you want to show somebody, all that stuff. 
And this was cool too, because I hadn't even really noticed that there was a search bar in the Photos app. Yeah. It's it, from any of the menus, it's there at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might be something you missed. And yeah, we like it a lot. Mm-hmm. So make sure it, you check out our tip of the day newsletter to get a tip every day, iphonelife.com slash daily tips. All right, great. And we also want to share an insider question this week. Uh, if you haven't listened before, iPhone Life Insider is our premium subscription. And that way, if you really want to master your iPhone and iPad and learn all of the things it can do and your Apple Watch, uh, sign up for iPhone Life Insider and we'll help you do that with in-depth guides, also uh, video versions of our daily tips. So we'll walk you through exactly how to do that and uh, ask, an, ask an editor, which is a feature where if you have a specific problem, you can send us your question and our web editor, Sarah, will get back to you and help walk you through that. So go to iphonelife.com insider to become an iPhone Life Insider. And we actually just this week released a new collection on Apple Mail. Mm-hmm. So that's something that everybody, of course, has email on their phones. And there's all these cool things that you can do with it to make you more productive, more efficient. Uh, so we, we have a roundup of our favorite tips and we have a roundtable discussion with Donna, myself, and Sarah about, or was it Connor? It was Connor. Yeah. Donna, myself, and Connor about best practices for mail. So subscribe today to get that. Uh, and we have a iPhone photography uh, guide coming out what, next, next month. month. Or no, this month is February. It's February 1st. <laughs> so probably later this month, uh, probably late February, we will be releasing that guide. And that's, we're partnering with iPhone Photography School. So we're really excited mm-hmm. about that because they're really the experts on iPhone photography and have guides for everything from all the essentials of how to take a photo and then fun things like street photography and um, and portraits and things like that. So you'll really get an expertise. Mm-hmm. So iphonelife.com slash insider. You'll love being an insider. We can promise you that. And there's a money back guarantee. <laughs> money so. back guarantee. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so our insider question this week was about Apple Maps. One of our readers was having an issue where um, anytime they were redirected to Apple Maps, they uh, we're told that Apple Maps was offline and directions were unavailable. Mm. So the issue with that is most likely that you don't have cellular uh, enabled for Apple Maps. So that way, if you're not connected to Wi-Fi, you're always going to get that error oh, message. Okay. So if you go into your settings app and go into cellular and make sure that uh, it's toggled on for Apple Maps, you shouldn't have that problem anymore. And this insider also said that this was only happening sporadically, which would support that this was a cellular issue. When they, when they were on Wi-Fi, it worked, and when they weren't, it didn't work. And right. for Maps, definitely Maps is a service that you want to be able to use your data for because it's most useful when you're out and about. So some yeah. apps is a good practice to do. Say Facebook, if you don't want to check Facebook when you're out and about and you don't want it to use your data, that's a good practice. Mm-hmm. But I would say Maps, you know, sometimes you really need Maps when you're on the go. So I would not recommend adjusting your cellular data for your Maps app. Yeah, and this is, of course, if you if you have unlimited data, then you should just turn it on for all of them. But, um, you know, Verizon works the best in Iowa, where we're based. And mm-hmm. so the, Verizon, it's very expensive to get high data. So I like to turn it off also for Spotify, Netflix, things mm-hmm. like that, that I, you know, would really regret it if I... Go over. It. Although yeah. sometimes it annoys me. I'll like try to listen to it and I'll be like, ah. Oh. I just I just pay for more data because I just don't really? want to deal with it. Yeah. I just I mean, within reason. We've had we have a company account and so we had we've had people who've used like 
eight, nine gigabytes of data in Whoa, a month. I only and have two. that's a disaster. Uh, but I think two isn't enough anymore. Yeah. I, mean, I go over quite, I go over two quite a bit. How much do you have? Uh, well, we're on the company oh, account, shared. but I would say I probably use between two to three a month. But when I'm traveling, sometimes reasonable. it spikes. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're connected to Wi-Fi a lot of the time, so... Mm-hmm. Question, what do you use, Apple Maps or Google Maps? I use Apple Maps just because I like that it's integrated with so many things, Mm -hmm. like on my phone, that it'll just directly take me to Apple Maps. Although I know objectively that Google Maps has better features. Mm. What about you? I'm very conflicted. That's why I asked. <laughs> I, when Apple Maps first came out, I tried it out in Chicago. And this was back when it was like kind of a disaster. And Tim Cook eventually came out and apologized for it. But mm-hmm. it literally just had me doing figure eights through downtown Chicago in the middle of like rush hour traffic. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me a long time to forgive Apple Maps for that. Uh, I find both of them can be a little bit glitchy. Like, Either one will kind of sometimes randomly take you to a weird place or on a weird route. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that Google Maps is a little bit more fully featured. Like offline mode works a lot better. Yeah. But although Apple Maps is really, it seems like at this point, they have many of the same it, features. It's gotten a lot better. I think what has changed Public my transit. mind a little bit is the integration. And why that matters to me is, number one, I have an Apple Watch. And so mm-hmm. with Apple Maps, I can, when I'm walking, it will give me turn-by-turn direction on my watch, which is really awesome because you know, then I'm not walking around with, like, a phone in my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's something really casual about just checking your watch to see when you turn as opposed to, like, pulling up your phone. Uh, and I have a CarPlay unit. So when I'm driving, same thing. I have to use Apple Maps. So I've kind of gotten in the habit of that. Neither one's perfect, I think, but neither one is bad. So I don't know that I have a recommendation for you guys on those. I think the main factor is neither one seems particularly easy to use to me. So it's kind of, to me, it's like which one is just easier and more intuitive for you? Yeah, which I find Apple Maps to be a little more intuitive. Yeah, I think so. And especially because you can use Siri for it, so you don't even need to use their UI. You can be like, Siri, take me to Walmart, and it'll just take you to Walmart. Mm-hmm. So that that's a really nice feature for Apple Maps. So uh, iPhoneLife.com slash insider is where you sign up to become an insider. And that ends our segment um, on our insider questions. And so now we're just going to go straight into talking about our travel tips that we have since our trip from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so this was our first ever company vacation. And as you would imagine, (laughs) we all geeked out on apps and gear because we were all really into it. And everybody brought their like cool thing they wanted to try. And we all learned a lot about travel stuff from this trip and we wanted to share that with you guys. So we both have a list, which is why I have my iPhone out and I apologize (laughs) if that offends anyone, but uh, we have our list and I think we can just kind of go back and forth and talk about our favorites from the trip. Yeah, so I guess first of all, like photos was a huge area Mm -hmm. where we we all spent a lot of time. I was able to bring a selfie stick and (laughs) nobody really gave me a hard time about it. Which We gave you a little (laughs) bit of a hard time about it. (laughs) Which gives you an idea of the crowd that we were with. I actually would like to get a better selfie stick than than I had. I just got like a $2 one at Walmart the night before we left. We went to CES and then directly to Mexico from there. Mm-hmm. So I was using the selfie stick a lot at CES too. Let, let's pause and first talk about what a selfie stick is in case you've been living in, <laughs> under a rock. Okay. Yeah. So a selfie stick, it's... Like, you know, you could also call it a monopod. We use this at CES to take videos of other people. But the general idea is, you know, it's a one 
uh, a pole that with something on the end that you can attach your phone to. And most of them have some sort of shutter release in the handle. So um, that, that way I could hold it out in front, click a button there, and it would, you know, release the shutter and take a picture of us. I think in Don's defense, <laughs> we brought it because we were film we were doing video interviews at CES. And, and I, if you visit our website regularly, you'll see them. We, for our sponsors, we recorded it. And so it was a useful thing to have a monopod for it. Mm-hmm. And then we discovered we liked selfie sticks, and we were <laughs> I know, really I've been embarrassed making, about it. I've been making fun of people for yeah. so long about this. So, like, just so you guys watching at home know, we were you. <laughs> <laughs> we judged everybody so harshly who used selfie sticks until we used them, and it was really useful and like kind of fun and kind of fun <laughs> as long as you're willing to embrace your like inner geekiness. Um, mm-hmm. And not get in people's way. Like part of my problem with selfie sticks is you see people just seeming so out of it, like in the way and the yeah, street taking yeah. like pictures with their friends. Yeah. And so some of it was, you know, trying to do it some somewhat privately or on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> so like, on, on the beach on where the no beach. one was. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you want to email us, podcast at iphonelife.com and tell us how, yeah. how we're terrible people for using selfie sticks, I will definitely hear you but we had a lot of fun with it so i'm a reluctant convert they're they're fun um i still probably judge other people using them though (laughs) and if you are using it for more of a professional use it's it's useful in keeping the camera a little more steady as you Mm -hmm. turn it because you can like hold it against your body and get you know it's better for that Mm -hmm. so there are some actual practical uses yes (laughs) yes uh speaking of photos what happened was all of us were taking photos we ended up with about over 800 photos between us. We, we really like photography, <laughs> in case you didn't know this about us. Uh, and so we needed a way to share our photos with each other. Mm-hmm. Apple, of course, has iCloud uh, photos where you can do a shared photo album mm-hmm. with all your friends. And that's how we started. That's how we started. And we found it really difficult to use. It wasn't loading our photos correctly. It wasn't intuitive. Uh, it was just a hassle. We, we really didn't like it. And so even though we all had iPhones and it seemed like the most intuitive way to do it, we actually switched to an app called Moment. Moment's made by Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it's the opposite of that. It was so easy to use, so intuitive. And the whole point of Moment is an app designed to share your photos with your friends. And even though it's made by Facebook, it doesn't put the photos on Facebook unless you ask it to. So it's really just to collect your photos amongst your friends. And it had a lot of really smart features. like Facial it, recognition. Facial recognition. To a point that was a little bit creepy. A little creepy. Like as soon as you open the app, it's like, would you like to share these photos of so-and-so? And it will pull up all these photos from your camera roll of that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to... You have to agree to share it, but there's something about it that feels like you're going to by accident press a button and share photos you didn't mean yeah. to. So you have to be a little careful. Yeah, you do have to be a little careful with with any photo sharing app. <laughs> you have to be a little bit careful to share the right photos. Uh, and, and they try to make it so easy for you to share photos that it, it can be a little bit conducive of sh- oversharing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, that being said, it derived that from kind of all of us being on moment that we were on a trip together and do you want to share all of the photos from this trip with your friends and it was just like one or two clicks to, to just share hundreds of photos the other thing that it did well that i that i liked was it actually uploaded slightly lower res photos which mm-hmm. on one hand is annoying because if you really like a photo you want a high res but it also made it really quick to upload all your photos like you could upload 
hundreds of photos in a matter of minutes. Whereas yeah. I think that was part of the problem with uh, the Apple solution was I think it was uploading full res photos and so it would take hours and hours to upload and meanwhile you would go out for the day and it would pause you'd come back and you would have to reopen the app to start it and it was like this weird thing you had to manage all the time yeah iCloud photo sharing I've never found to be that no, reliable I agree. like and also how people are notified of it it doesn't seem to work that well yeah. like I had my something I'd shared with my dad months ago I saw that he just joined yeah like and somehow it, it was it's easy to miss yeah Whereas this, you'll also get a notification when someone has added new photos, so you can go see all of them. Um, it'll let you know if you're if you close the app that it stopped at a certain point uploading the photos you requested, and will resume once you open it again, and it like keeps you informed of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I really can't recommend it enough. Yeah, it was great. And uh, if you want a high resolution version of a photo, you just you yes. like you press that you want to download the photo. It'll give you the option to request it then the other person will get a notification asking for it. You just hit agree and then it's sent. So mm -hmm. it's not, or it's uploaded. All right, what's your next recommendation? Um, well, while we're on photography, we also wanted to talk about portrait mode. Oh yeah. That was something that we had a lot of fun using. Um, most of us have iPhone 7 Pluses and that's the phone that has this mode. Um, and so with this, we, we had a little chance to play with it. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it before, uh, it's a mode that it lets you focus one single object and blur out the background. Mm -hmm. It's only available on the 7 Plus mm -hmm. because the 7 Plus has the two cameras, which is what lets you do it. Yeah, so um, you are, you're supposed to be about eight feet away from the subject of your photo, and you don't want the background to be really like on the same plane as it, or else it won't really be able to do the effect. Um, so you want to have a background that's like a ways away from it. It needs to be well lit and then it will create a really nice blurred background with a sharp focus in the front, which creates an artistic look. So we got some great pictures of our COO, or uh, our chief technology officer on the beach looking thoughtful with a blurred <laughs> wave behind him. Like we that. have a whole bunch of photos. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. But in general, I would say one of my takeaways from the trip was how great the 7 and 7 Plus camera is. It's amazing. Uh, and it's one of those things where we talked about, when we had our debate whether or not you should upgrade, we talked about the camera, of course, but when you're at home, you don't take that many photos. And when you do, they're not necessarily that critical to you. But when yeah. you're on vacation, and after Mexico, I actually flew to San Diego and spent time with my uh, sister and my nephews. And so we're adorable. We're adorable and taking photos of your family, especially at that age when they're growing so quickly, having a good camera when for those moments is really worth it. Like I, I think I'm really converted. I cannot recommend the seven plus enough because ex explicitly because of the camera. Yeah. I, I think the two things are number one, we talked about portrait mode, but even beyond portrait mode, the camera itself is a lot better. Uh, it's much better in low light. It has much better image stabilization, which to me makes a big difference because with a camera, with a phone, as you're taking the picture, when you kind of push the shutter, it, it moves a little bit most of the time. It's really hard to keep it perfectly steady. And so with uh, previous phones, you ended up with not perfect focus. With the image stabilization on this phone, often I felt like even though I would move, it would stabilize enough to have a really crisp photo. Mm -hmm. The last photo related thing I wanted to mention was uh, our with our snorkeling trip. We mm. uh, our instructor had a GoPro 
and took awesome underwater photos of us with it. Mm-hmm. And that was something that um, the the photos were like way higher quality than anything we could have gotten with our, we actually brought disposable <laughs> cameras. It's a little we bit embarrassing. We were so dorky. I can't believe all the things we're admitting to our I podcast about how dorky we are. But especially we should have brought a waterproof case for our phones yeah. and just brought a, a phone with us. I don't know. There's something about that that was, it was like a very choppy day. Like, I I feel like trusted in the ocean to be honest. Ran, who was with us, who was our associate editor, who's also our, our iPhone photography expert. Um, she had lost her phone last time we went on a water rafting trip, even though she had it in a waterproof case. So I think she just didn't want to risk it and got disposable cameras instead. But anyway, those photos couldn't compare to the GoPro and like with the GoPro, he could share the photos with us with an app. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to get it that way, which yeah. was also really nice. I agree. I always thought of GoPro as being a little bit of a silly product because the phones or the cameras on the phones are so good that why do you need it? And I was really convinced after this trip that if you're doing adventure stuff, GoPros are really cool. Yeah. And they, they, they transfer the photos to my phone like instantly it was really quick with the app so that was cool too mm-hmm. uh another thing that we used a lot that i think i've recommended before in the podcast but i really love is an app called Splitwise. Mm-hmm. a lot of times what happens when you're on a trip with a lot of people is you end up with a lot of shared expenses uh especially if you're in a developing country and they don't necessarily want to like you know sometimes they don't take credit cards and one person has cash or sometimes you're at a meal and they don't want to split the bill and so the app Splitwise is really great because what it does is it tracks your expenses, who's paid for what, and it kind of accumulates it for, at the end of the trip, who owes who what. And what it does is it actually combines all that. So let's say I paid for a meal for $100 and then Donna paid for a meal for $50. Everybody in the trip, rather than saying they each owe Donna $10 and me $20, would just kind of combine all of that and make it a much simpler number of who owes who what. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, it's a little complicated. <laughs> yeah, um, it confused us a couple of times, but it was always getting it right. It was getting it right. It was really easy to track. I, I found it was really, it sounds like a simple concept and it is, but to execute it well is difficult to make it really easy to log your expenses in a way that, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Um, it's also integrated with PayPal and Venmo. Yeah, so when you do great. go to make the payment, it'll just send you right there, have the right amount in, yeah, and then you just hit yeah, send. Exactly. So exactly. really for any time you're on a joint trip or even just out to dinner with friends and this comes up, this app is awesome. It's a really good app for when you, if you have a group of friends that you hang out with regularly or whatever, it's like any yeah. time of trip, it's really great. Yeah, it's nothing fancy looking. Yeah. Like the UI is not amazing, but yeah, it works well. It worked well. What else do you have? Um, I have, let's see. Oh, TripIt. Mm, yeah, That's an app favorites. for planning that um, it ha- it combines all of your itineraries into one place. If there's anything going on with your flight, like uh, you know delays, it'll notify you. Um, TripIt Pro is the paid version and it, it has even more features. And this is an app on your phone. And anytime you get an itinerary to your email, you forward it to plans at tripit.com and, and it will if you have gmail you. yeah so if you have gmail it will actually auto import it so. yeah which is even better yeah so you can forward it if you have like say podcast at iphonelife.com but if you have a gmail account you it'll auto import it so it kind of collects all of your itineraries and for a trip like this 
I went to four different places. I had like 10 different flights. And so it was tra keeping track of all of that. And I booked them from different sources. So keeping track of all that was really useful. Like Donna said, mm -hmm. it'll notify you if a flight's running late. It sends you an email with a roundup of your connection summary. So when you land, when you're sitting in the plane, it tells you what your, ne what your next gate is, whether yeah, it's running really like on that. time. Another feature that I found really useful is it shows you alternate flights. Uh, some of these features I think might be in the in the upgraded paid version, but mm -hmm. that I found really useful. Sometimes when I uh, if a flight's delayed or I miss a flight or something, I can see alternate routes to get there, and it's pretty good about kind of finding creative ways. So I, that's a couple times really saved me. One time I was trying to fly into New York and it was a huge uh, thunderstorm and flights were all these flights were delayed and finding the right uh, the right flight to get in there on time was really valuable. I ended up with four separate tickets to on four separate flights at the same time to see which one was gonna make it. Oh, I haven't tried that feature. <laughs> it's I really should nice check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, while we're talking about like the actual travel days, there's another app called Gate Guru. Yeah, that's really great. One of my favorites. Yeah, it shows you like what's in your area of the airport. So if you want to, you know, get a good meal or look for somewhere where you can get a massage or yoga or something like that, mm -hmm. Gate Guru will show you all of the stuff that's in the area. It's a really old app. And yeah, it looks it's and kind feels, of terrible looking. Yeah, it looks and feels like about iOS. Four. <laughs> and so you open it up, you're like, why am I using this? But I, yeah. it's the only app I know of that does this. And I was in, I had a two hour layover in Las Vegas on this trip. And so I looked up where I really like Wolfgang Pucks when you're traveling out. So good. Yeah. So I looked up and it was in a different uh, terminal. So I would have never found it, but mm -hmm. I had enough time. So I went and took the shuttle to that terminal, got Wolfgang Pucks, took the shuttle back. And it's just really nice if you have time to kill an airport to find good food. It's really hard to find good food. So that's a really good one. Yeah. Let Did you have anything else, else you want yeah, to Yeah, I've got a bunch. Okay. Um, we talked about Venmo a little bit because it links with Splitwise. Venmo is my favorite app for transferring money to people. It's actually owned by PayPal, so Venmo and PayPal both work well. But Venmo, to me, is really intuitive, really easy to use. Yeah. Um, some people don't like it because it has a social feature where you can see a stream of who, your friends and who they've transferred money to and why. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't tell you the amount. It doesn't tell you the amount. helps a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and but. you don't have to share publicly. So that's an important point because some people get turned off by that. But if you don't want to share it, you don't have to share it. Yeah. Um, but I find the UI really easy to use, really intuitive. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my favorite for sharing. It, doesn't it have a faster transfer time too than PayPal? I'm not sure. It definitely had uh, to me as a faster like set, get it all set up and send time. Yeah, with PayPal, PayPal I find it says it's down to one day, really? but for some reason I've I've like had the personal experience where I thought Venmo was Venmo was seems like instant. Yeah. But yeah, but I'll have to check into. That. Uh, and with PayPal, I feel like you have to know the right email address to send it to. Yeah, it's Venmo weird. just has who like has your contacts from your phone and that works. One other thing that I want to talk about in terms of traveling is music. Mm -hmm. uh, two things that I really like traveling with. Number one is noise-canceling headphones. I can't recommend having noise-canceling headphones enough. Uh, it just really, when you're in a crowded airport or when you're on a plane and kids are screaming, it yep. really <laughs> keeps you sane. Uh, I traveled, I, like I said, this was a really hectic trip for me because I was in four different cities. I did four different trips basically in the course of three weeks. So I was on airplanes and airports the whole time. And so having them was so nice. Um, 
Yeah, for the most part, I can keep my cool, but I was um, telling David in Cancun, I was stuck, there was an issue with the plane. They didn't know when it was going to be fixed, so there was that extra anxiety of like, how long are we going to be here? And there were all these kids screaming, and it was really hot. And if I had had noise-canceling headphones, at least I'd be able to have a little more zen. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't actually bring any with me though, but <laughs> so now I'm like understanding. <laughs> I didn't actually have any Zen. <laughs> I didn't have Zen, but David's advice is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that I always bring with me is a portable speaker. Uh, I use UE, what is it called now? The UE Boom. The UE I have Boom. the Mega Boom, which is the yeah. bigger one. The one David had is, has is more portable. Yeah, it's like about the right size. Where it's on the verge of not you definitely wouldn't want to travel with a speaker that was bigger than that mm-hmm. but it fits it's about the size of a hairspray can fits in my backpack pretty easily and so i'm just one of those people that always listens to music i have it kind of going as i'm getting ready in the morning and especially for a trip like this where we spent all day just lying around on the beach and hanging out socializing it was nice to have kind of music to play while we we're laying on the beach or while we were playing board games or whatever so it's always really nice to have yeah, it's something that I don't think of that much, but I really appreciated it because we had a whole playlist that now whenever I listen to, I'll remember our Mexico trips. That's mm-hmm. that's another reason to listen to music because it does have that like sort of nostalgia Yeah, it's definitely, factor. it's definitely a recommendation that I have, which is whenever I go on a long trip like this, uh, I always end up, we end up with certain songs that I play a lot and I get into on the trip that remind me of the trip. And so afterwards, I'll go and make a playlist. So we had a, mm-hmm. a Mexico playlist that mm-hmm. we made that I shared with everybody afterwards. And it's just a fun way to kind of remember the trip because songs have a way of bringing you back. I also wanted to touch on just how to have a functioning phone when you're traveling internationally. Mm, good point. Good point. Um, we actually had a different experience with this, which was interesting. Um, my Verizon plan had a travel pass option and it was $2 a day and it just let me use my phone exactly the same way that I would here. Like I had the same data limit mm-hmm. and the service there was really good. Um, so that that I found, if you're going on like a week-long trip, that was what, $15 for the trip. It was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, didn't you say it was free? Yeah, we have a company plan. Uh which and, I just am not on. Yeah, I know. We keep mentioning this now. It's worth acknowledging. It's not like Donna's not allowed on our plan. Yeah. It's just that, you know. I've been kicked off. Yeah, no, we I kicked mean. her off for too much data usage. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, she just has a different family plan. But point being, with a business plan, at least our business plan, it was free. We didn't mm-hmm. have to add anything on. And Mexico and Canada are now free for our specific business plan. But most companies are either, I know T-Mobile lets you do Mexico, I think any international, most international countries are free with T-Mobile now. So it's worth calling because it's getting a lot easier than it used to be and a lot less expensive than it used to be. And it was a lifesaver to have a phone that works. Yeah, like you want your Apple Maps working. I mean, you can still, GPS works without your plan. Yeah. But like if you want turn-by-turn directions, you're going to need your phone. And And a lot of times we'd go somewhere and it would be closed or something would happen or we'd go out for the day and then we'd want to look up where to go next. And so having data is really nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the other option is, and this is probably more for a little bit of a longer trip, uh, you can legally now all iPhones are unlocked, meaning you can, uh, just swap out a SIM card when you want. So if you get to a new country and rather than if it's expensive to kind of add the international plan, you can often just buy a SIM card in a gas station, set Mm -hmm. it up, buy some minutes. And this is what I did last year in New Zealand, and that worked really well for me as well. Cool. I've never done that, but... Mm -hmm. 
it's a little bit of a hassle because each country kind of has their own protocol for setting this stuff up. And sometimes, you know, if New Zealand was fine because it was an English speaking country, but if it's not, it can be a little tricky. Mm -hmm. So definitely like, you know, allow yourself some time to get that set up when you arrive, but it's a good option for you if you don't want to pay extra. Cool. Those are all my travel tips. Do you have any left to add, David? I have one more that's not particularly iPhone related. Let's hear it. I booked my entire trip on Southwest, mm. and I love Southwest. Southwest is awesome. Uh, they first of all they fly internationally now. They fly to Mexico, which was fun. But I I had a particularly complicated trip, like I've said, and I probably changed about two or three tickets <laughs> right. over the course of the trip. And that's what I love about Southwest is that. Um, they let you change your tickets for no cost. Uh, now they're, they're, they're like the only ones that do that, They're right? the only ones that let you change your ticket without a, cha- a change fee. And they let you check bags for free. I never check bags, so that I, didn't, I never take advantage of. Uh, but changing your ticket is really nice because it gives you a lot of flexibility uh, in terms of you can just book it. If you're trying to figure out an itinerary, you can just book a ticket and change it later. I actually have a friend who will uh, book two, sometimes he'll book two tickets back and then decide at the last minute which one he wants to keep and just cancel the other one. And you can cancel as long as you're not within 24 hours. Mm. Um, so I love Southwest. The, I've never had a negative experience with them. They seem like a, a couple times they were a little bit delayed. And they every time they were delayed on the trip, they made up the time, got us turned around quickly, and actually came in early. So I, I, I just have really positive experiences both in terms of their customer service, my flights, all of that. So... It's just a travel tip for you guys that has very little to do with iPhones. <laughs> Their flight attendants are funny too, yeah, right? Like yeah. They, they have, they have some, company like a company culture, culture yeah. where there's always someone joking on the plane, which is kind of a nice yeah, touch. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and let us know what you think in terms of any travel tips that we missed and of our new mm-hmm. format. Send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com. Also, don't forget to sign up for our free tip of the day, iphonelife.com slash I actually said in the beginning, iPhoneLife.com slash newsletters, which works, or iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips is usually Mm -hmm. the URL we give people, but either one works. Uh, And insider.iPhoneLife.com to subscribe to Insiders. Uh, Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for joining us.